if the Seattle management isn't giving you their time of day, what makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by 10. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, Bron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. Rocky Hill Accountants offers a unique, low-pressure approach to professional and personal services, which is why they have an excellent client retention rate and are extremely proud of the high-quality services that their firm provides. The executive team at Rocky Hill Accountants has over 35 years of combined experience in income tax preparation, bookkeeping, accounting, and IT crypto tax. They specialize in individual income tax preparation, as well as trusts, estates, and gift tax returns. The tax deadline line for individuals is May 17th. If you're one of the 50 million Americans who still hasn't filed, visit RockyHillAccountants.com. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Man, the Giants football podcast. I'm your host, as always, Big J, joined by Joe Aguirre and Sean Scanlon. Going a little early today, but there's still a lot to talk about. Starting off, tonight is the night. The schedule is getting revealed. There's leaks coming out. I don't know if you can really trust them. When you got, like, and it, like weird Twitter accounts like NFL Insider 47 telling you <laughs> who's it going to be. So uh, I, I don't know. But let's go with week one. It's official. It's been out by the NFL. Week one, the Giants host the Denver Broncos. Von Miller coming back. Saquon Barkley coming back. But, Joe, will Aaron Rodgers be in this game? Will Aaron Rodgers be in this game? Uh, I'm going to say no. Um, I don't see it happening. Um, I think I think that Aaron Rodgers will be in Green Bay for at least one more season. I think beyond that, uh, I think all bets are off. I definitely, I definitely think that's the case. It, it would be, I think, at, at this point. I think it would be too difficult to do it. I really do. I see that. I, I get that. But now let, let's look at the game as a whole. Opening up, the Broncos are a one-point favorite on the road week one. Sean, why are the Giants getting disrespected like this? It's disappointing to see. I mean, the Giants, they they keep getting disrespect. And all the you know projections I've seen of uh, the NFC East, I feel like they a lot of them I've seen them coming in third behind Cowboys and Washington. So I guess, you know, Joe Judge is going to have to show up and, and do what he did in the first year. Obviously, it was only a 6-10 and 10 season, but they're going to keep improving. Obviously, the defense has only gotten better uh, coming off an impressive year from last year, and they get 
all their weapons back with Saquon Barkley. They add Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. So it, it's a good question. I don't know why they're getting disrespected. It's going to be a big year for Daniel Jones, but I, I was quite surprised when I saw that uh, the Broncos were favored on the road. I don't know if they know something that we don't, that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. But as long as he's not and it's Drew Locke uh, in that offense, I, I think that we have definitely a good chance. And Von Miller, he, he's getting older. He's coming off injury. Um, and the rest of that defense, they're, they're pretty good. But I believe in what the Giants did in the offseason with this offense. And I think this defense is a legit top 10, maybe even top five defense in the league. So um, the disrespect is, is definitely disappointing. But I, I think we're going to come out and shock the world this year, especially in week one. Yeah, look, I, I very much think the disrespect is got a lot to do with the fact that this team won six games. And, you know, I, Sean, it blows my mind that, I mean, I think people forget about Saquon Barkley, that number one, he wasn't there. He wasn't there last season. You You can't adequately judge Daniel Jones and that offense based on, the body of work from last year. You, you just can't do it. And the idea that you're adding dynamic players in Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley returning, and a guy like Kadarius Tony. I mean, you're, you're adding great weapons. Throw Kyle Rudolph in there in the red zone along with Engram and the rest of this receiving court. This is a really good offense. We know how good the Giants' defense is. So I think the Giants are going to have to win a couple of games off the jump here. Uh, to convince Vegas and everyone else, the experts, that this is this is a good team. This is definitely a, an improved team, but I think the disrespect is deserved a little bit. And I hate to say it, but I the the easiest and quickest way the Giants can earn that respect back a game like this at home against a team like Denver got to win this football game. I, I do think if this were like a, a Washington, even any NFC East opponent, maybe like the Dolphins, I, I, I could understand the disrespect. But the Broncos have done nothing. I mean, they, they're they a dumpster fire themselves. They got nothing going for them. They don't know who their quarterback is. And, I mean, the Giants, it they didn't lose anyone. They lost Zeitler and Dalvin Tomlinson. Every everything else, those were only the big losses. Everything else has been a big game for them. They're bringing back Saquon. They go out, they get Kenny Galladay. They add a Dory Jackson, who's great, who I think is going to be a solid piece on that defense to better the defense. They've done everything right, and I, I guess this is. I I think Coach Judge is good enough. This is going to light a fire, and I, I'm I'm excited for this Giant season. I think. Stuff like this, you you play with a chip on your shoulder and have a Giants team that I, I think with the talent they have playing like they have a chip on their shoulder, I, I think this could be a scary team down the stretch. And they Absolutely. can do some things a lot of people don't think they can. Yeah, I think the the, the first game is going to be very important too because the Giants, you know, historically over the past couple of years have gotten off to really rough starts. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they haven't won a season opener since 2016. So to get that first win uh, under the belt, I, I think is going to be huge for this team and the momentum going forward. So I think this is I, I think this is one of the better draws we could have gotten in Week One because I, I think it's definitely a winnable game. So I, I think the important is is very. Uh, Excuse me. I think the start is very important for this team because they've gone off to very rough starts uh, in the past. 
I appreciate uh, Frank Cuesta just uh, commented that he agrees with me, but then I'd like to go to his next his next comment. I disagree with that. Rodgers should retire if he's not going to be with the Packers. I thought that about Tom Brady when he was thinking about I was like, just quit that. You can't go play for another team. Well, you can, and you can win a Super Bowl and cement your legacy. So I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you could do whatever you want here. I mean, if he wants to go host Jeopardy or he wants to go play for the Raiders or whatever he wants to do, let him do it. But um, it doesn't necessarily I, – I, I felt that way, again, with Brady. I don't think it matters. If this guy wants to play and he doesn't want to do it in Green Bay anymore, then he doesn't have to. And the, if that's the case, the team should do what they can to move them. I, the problem is, though, you know, I, when you when you go public with your desire to be moved, you're really putting your team in a lurch because you, what they could get for you if they were like, hey, guess who's available? As opposed to, I want out, I'm not playing here. Well, the value's gone down a lot for you. He doesn't want to be there. So I don't exactly have to steal him away for a king's ransom. So Aaron Rodgers yeah. didn't do himself any favors by running his mouth. I, I could tell you that. That was not smart. He should have gone to management and just been really clear, you know, through his agent that this is it. You need to move me. And, you know, we can all put our surprise face on. Oh, what? what? Didn't see that coming. They they misplayed this. He has right now. There's the Green Bay won't possibly get the value that they could get for him because of the situation he's put himself into with them. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he, he had to do this. His uh, relationship with the management has been bad. I mean, look, did they refuse to draft any offensive talent? Then the one time they do draft an offensive player in the first round, it's the successor to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so I like. But does but does he forget that they did that to Brett Favre when he was a kid? Does he forget that? That's what they do. I mean, he can't be surprised by that, Sean. It's just, it's just that's what Green Bay does. And you know, again, at the end of the day, you know, you you were you recall, uh, you guys remember a quarterback by the name of Deshaun Watson? Um, tragic case. Doesn't ring a bell. But before, um, you know, before all that stuff came out, I told you I didn't love the fact that this guy had one bad year. They, they obviously traded Hopkins, and he was upset, and he wanted out. And I thought, I don't know if I want to trade for that guy. One, one off year, and you want out of town? And again, now you got Aaron Rodgers, who, I mean, we, we know this, this stretches back some time, his unhappiness with manager uh, with management, and with the head coaches that he's, I mean, he's, he's on another level. He's coached like he's on Brady's level and he's not. And that's, that's the worst part of this. He's not, he's definitely not on, on Tom Brady's level. I think he thinks he is, but he's a one B guy. And, and I, I'm telling you, I think by, I, again, do you want, do you want to get a guy who, is miserable despite an NFC championship, despite having a Devontae Adams on his team. That that's a guy who's like miserably unhappy. I don't know. Like, how do I know he's going to be happy in Denver or in Vegas or anywhere else? Yeah. He, I, I think he's definitely in the best situation from those teams that are listed. I mean, 
John Gruden and Mike Mayock in Las Vegas, I just they don't know what they're doing. Their drafts every year have me baffled. And with the Denver Broncos, they have a defensive-minded head coach, and Pat Shermer's their offensive coordinator. We all know what Pat Shermer brings to the table. So I just don't think either of those spots would benefit him. And like you said, he has Devonta Adams. He has Aaron Jones at, at running back. And Matt LaFleur, uh, as much as people question him, question him and what he did in the NFC Championship. He's still a good offensive-minded head coach, and they've won 13 games the past two years. So I think that him asking out of there, he's definitely in the best situation for himself. I think he's just upset that he still only has that one Super Bowl, uh, even though you know all, all his talent and all the great years that they've had, he only has one ring to show for. And I think he's just tired of winning, you know, going to NFC Championships and losing. But at this point, I, I think that's the best situation he's got to you know try and go win a Super Bowl. But like you said, it's Aaron Rodgers. He needs to be catered to. He's miserable all the time. That's just how he is. So we'll see how it plays out. But I think the best situation for him would to be staying in Green Bay. But who knows with that guy? The best situation for him is to come to New York. I mean, I yeah. Again, though, a good at, at, but at what cost would the would the Giants be picking up a thirty seven year old disgruntled quarterback? What's the price for that? What do we got to send out? Two first-round picks and Darius Slayton. Not interested. Two first-round picks, Darius Slayton, to go to get the MVP last year. I'd rather keep the picks next year, see what you do this year, build on that, and go to the draft with with two maybe top 15 picks and and get some impact guys and or package those up and get somebody in the top five. I mean, that possibility also has to be there. So – the Giants can go any number of ways. You accumulated all those assets to what? Blow them? Well, I mean, you've talked about this before, Joe. The defense is a win-now type defense, and the offense is still a little bit of a rebuild. So you go out, you get the reigning MVP to make your offense competitive now along with that great defense, and you spent all this money on receivers. I like – I, I don't know what else. Like, that's a good deal. Right, but you spent money on the receivers to see if Daniel Jones could throw to them. You don't have to – you don't need to see if Aaron Rodgers can throw to them. I I, I love Daniel Jones. Don't get me but wrong. But that offensive but line take wouldn't be sure any thing. better with Rodgers behind it than it would be with Jones behind it. So you run into that same problem. You're right, but yeah. Aaron Rodgers has proven that he can play – Regardless, he's the one of the best. He's the reigning MVP. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't say it again. Joe's just reused it. <laughs> and I mean, you you can get better people than Frank to agree with you. I mean, come on. Let's I like to think Joe. that's true, but I'll tell you what I can get at this point. <laughs> All right, let's on the week one stuff. Let's get back to that. What is a matchup? In week one, that is most intriguing to you. We'll start off with you, Sean. Uh, I'm going to – one of them is very intriguing, but uh, I, I'm sure someone else is going to pick that. So I'll go with the uh, Seahawks and the Colts. I just I'm, – I'm very intrigued to see what Carson Wentz does uh, in his first season with the Colts. Obviously, he had the MVP year, or at least close. He would have been MVP if he didn't get injured in 2018, and then the past two years have been absolutely atrocious. So he gets a better O-line now, a uh, more healthy O-line. He gets some uh, some good targets, a good running game. So it's going to be interesting to see for me. And then obviously the Seahawks, they started the year so hot last year and then they kind of fell off a cliff in the second half of the year. So, and Russell Wilson is another guy that's a little disgruntled. So uh, it's just, I think it's just two interesting situations, two pretty good teams in a AFC NFC matchup. So 
uh, that's one game that I definitely got circled for week one. But uh, how about you, Joe? Um, Jets, Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Game. The Arnold revenge game. That is going to be, I, I mean, I rarely ever watch the Jets if I can help it. This will definitely be a game I have to tune in for. Uh, I'm also, there's two games at 425 that I'm really looking forward to. The first being Cleveland and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Boy, wouldn't wouldn't Cleveland like to make a statement week one? Uh, coming yeah. off a really close game, all that talk about Baker being the guy. How about a week one beating of Pat Mahomes to get your season started off? And then I'm I'm really again a game that'll be local to us, so we'll definitely you know be watching this one. Is Tua and the Dolphins versus Mac Jones and the Patriots? Ah, uh, I am. Again, I wouldn't normally be into the Patriots and the Dolphins, but I got this one circled for sure. Yeah, you think Mac Jones is starting Week One? I do. Ooh, that's interesting. I do. All right, I, I I do. I think he's Sean. I know that seems ridiculous, and he certainly won't be when they get to camp. It'll be Cam. I think by the time Week Four, well, well there's only three preseason games, huh? Yeah, that's gonna be tight. I think it's going to happen. I really do. Yeah. I think he definitely starts at some point this year, probably like mid-year, but I, I think Cam Newton will start off, but we'll we'll see what uh, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels want to do. Maybe the next offense. time they play, the, when it's uh, when the Pats go to my uh, – According no. to the leaks, that's week 18. So Well, there you go. So there's a good ch- – he should – I would say by that one, Sean, he's definitely <laughs> in. I really do, though. I really think that um, – Look, he's a smart kid. He's going to learn that playbook quick. He is a high-percentage passer. Cam Newton is not. And I, I think Bill likes guys that complete passes. So my my guess would be Mac will have every opportunity to earn the starting job. Whether he can pull that off in, in a camp in three games is slim and tough. That's a tough one, but again... I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility, especially knowing that that's your week one matchup. See, Joe, this is a guy you got to agree with you. I don't know who the hell Matt Jones is. I don't know who Matt Jones is. No, Matt Jones won't be starting week one. It'll be, it'll be, I think Cam Newton. But uh, my game, I'm going to go one of the games I'm looking forward to. Thursday night football, the defending Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay, get their tune-up game against the Dallas Cowboys. It's gonna be like uh Clemson against the Citadel, I think. Uh hope so. It's gonna be a big beatdown by Dallas, uh, uh by the Bucks. But uh another game, I think the real game to look out for Steelers going to Buffalo to take on the 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 Bills. Uh I think Steelers get a lot of health but uh should get Devin Bush back on that defense. Really, really sucked to have him uh, out for a lot of the season last year. But I think this defense going up against Josh Allen is going to be fun. And I- I'm excited to see what what Ben Roethlisberger can do coming into this season because the offense is going to be weird. I, I-, I do – the game is going to be the Steelers' defense versus the Bills' offense. But – I, I think Ben Roethlisberger will sh- show a little bit of like glimpses of the fountain of youth because it's so early in the season. But 
it, it's an interesting game. There's a lot of good games, even just with this week one. Uh, you also got uh, Vikings, Bengals. You got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase against Justin Jefferson. Little LSU battle there. So a lot of intriguing storylines already coming in week one. Also, Bears go to the Rams. Will Justin Fields play? Let's see there. But, uh, yeah. So I'm intrigued. Uh, where's Teddy's comment? Yeah, we know the schedule got leaked, but I'm not taking – like I said, I'm not taking – NFL reporter four five six on Twitter. I'm not taking his word. Uh, I'll, I'll take the NFL's word. I'd rather have. I'd rather be correct than coming with breaking news. You know. Now let's get into around the league. Starting off, Tim Tebow back in the NFL as a tight end. Joe, what do you think of this? I I, I mean I don't. I just I don't understand it. I don't know that it's helpful. I don't think it does anything for team unity. Um, I'll be honest. I, I I think the chances of him making this team, period, is zero. I think this is another stupid Urban Meyer distraction. I think this is part of the reason why I don't see long-term success for Urban Meyer in the NFL. Um, the Chris Doyle thing was pretty stupid. This kind of tops it almost um you know the 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 Colin Kaepernick Tim Tebow thing I I, I don't need that's one even I won't even waste my time on that I mean that's whatever um if, if Urban Meyer wants to survive in the NFL he's he's gotta understand a few things you know this isn't college you you, you just walk in there and you're Urban Meyer so you get everybody's respect it doesn't work that way in the NFL and and doing stupid stuff like this, and the Chris, I mean, you're 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 not you're not making the the transition to rebuild here any smoother by something like this. I mean, not for nothing, Tebow's too old and he's not a tight end. So I I, I I'm baffled by this. Um, if you're trying to sell tickets, and you're in Jacksonville and you want to sign a Florida guy to sell tickets. Okay, but that's this doesn't make any sense. No, yeah, this I mean, doesn't make any sense. The reason he made the switch to minor league baseball was because he didn't want to move from quarterback to tight end. Now Urban Meyer gets here and he's all like, "Hey, I want to reunite." But uh, Sean, a, a lot of people are saying Tim Tebow is really there to mentor Trevor Lawrence. Is, is that going to be his impact on the team? And is 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 that going to work if it is? I mean, if if that's why he's on the team, I think it's a waste of a roster spot. I think it already is a waste of a roster spot. But if you wanted to bring him in to, you know, advise and try and help out and mentor a young QB, why didn't you just bring him in on the coaching staff and not waste a roster spot like that? I mean, if he really wanted to be a part of this Jaguars team and, you know, him and Urban Meyer have that good connection, then why not ask for a coaching spot on the roster? Maybe if, even if it's just a, like a offensive advisor or someone like that. But I, I don't understand it. I like you said he. I think he's just trying to relive his glory days. I think that he saw that minor league baseball didn't work out for him. He wants to go play football again. But I mean, I it, it's just an idiotic move by the Jaguars. Um, like Joe said, Urban Meyer has just not had a hot start, uh, especially ever since he's been hired in Jacksonville. 
So I, I think if it was, you know, for a locker room uh, reason, if you wanted him to be a mentor, then I think you should have just asked him to be on the coaching staff. But Urban Meyer, who who knows? We'll see how it works out in the first year. But I, I think that for a team that's already this bad, they just had the number one overall pick. I, I think it's you need all 53 roster spots. And uh, I just think that Tim Tebow doesn't belong on uh, on this team. You need all 53 roster spots. This is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do I, I do think this is an attempt to try and get Tim Tebow on the coaching staff. I, I think Tim Tebow is a little bit like he's a competitive guy. I, I think he wants to try and get on the team, and I think it's going to take – once the cuts come, I think he's going to sit down in Urban Meyer's office and be – and Urban Meyer's going to be frank with him and say, yo, we don't got a roster spot for you, but we can have a spot for you in the locker room as a coach. Uh, I think this is just an in for him there, um, but I don't know. It, it does feel like a, a lot like gimmicky, too, and like trying to sell tickets, which I, I don't really like. I think in light of the Chris Doyle thing where, again, it's kind of that good old boys network, you know, not what you know, it's who you know. I just don't think that's the mentality that you want when you're rebuilding a franchise. That, that is seriously lacking the identity now of a guy like Tom Coughlin, right? This is Urban Meyer's team to build. And, and, and like Sean and I just said, I mean, I think you're off to a really rough start and you're rubbing people the wrong way and you're like already showing favoritism to former players. It's just not a, there's, I mean, right. There's legit guys, Sean, that are fighting for a roster spot and they're like, you're not even a tight end, but here you get a spot. What? You serious? Yeah, it's wild. But going from one guy who doesn't deserve a roster spot to some guy that definitely does, Eric Fisher signs with the Colts, replacing uh, Anthony Costanzo uh, after he retired. Right now, that was the big glaring hole that I I saw from the Colts was that left tackle spot. I mean, it it was also DN, but they went, they got Quiddy Pay in the draft. And, uh, I mean, DeForest Buckner, hopefully if he can stay healthy, that, that would be great for them as well. So now I think it all comes down to can Carson Wentz compete with this Frank Wright, right uh, under his boy Frank Wright. Sean, how big is this acquire, how big is this acquisition for the Colts, and are they a Super Bowl contender? I wouldn't say Super Bowl contender, but I I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC right now. Um, And I I think this acquisition was huge for them. Like you said, this was one of the big glaring holes that they needed to fill. Um, Obviously, Anthony Costanzo, he was one of the better left tackles in the past couple of years, especially in pass protection. So you bring in a veteran like Eric Fisher, who is coming off an injury, but I I don't think that will, you know, hold them back too much. He might miss a couple games to start the season, but they have the rest of the O-line in place with guys like Quentin Nelson, probably the best guard in football, and then Ryan Kelly at center, Braden Smith at right tackle. So I think that I get, uh, Carson Wentz is definitely stepping into a good situation behind this O-line. Uh, I, I mentioned it before, but they got some good receivers and a, a good running game, and he gets back with his guy, Frank Reich. So I think that the Colts will be fine, I, I, especially on offense, and their defense has been uh, improving year by year. Uh, they're, they don't have a lot of superstar names, but Matt Eberflus is one of the better D coordinators in the league. He always has his defense playing hard. So I think that they have a, a maybe a decent shot to get to the AFC championship, but uh, I just with teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and the Ravens, I don't, 
I don't see them getting to the Super Bowl, but I, I think they're definitely a contender in the AFC, though. Carson Wentz is a very talented quarterback, but he has a lot to prove. This is a guy who lost a locker room. He got benched. He got traded. The Colts are a good team. I think we know that. They've got a good defense. They tried this last year to plug a quarterback in, and, and, and people were excited about the prospect of what Phillip Rivers could do. Unfortunately, Phillip was at the end of the line, and, and by season's end, even, even Mr. Rivers uh, knew exactly where he was at. So this is another attempt at the Colts to put a quarterback in there with a with a pretty good with a pretty good offense around him. Uh, so the question I think becomes, you know, you said it, Sean, this team's definitely a contender to become a Super Bowl contender. If Carson Wentz can play the position again at the MVP level that he played it at a couple of years ago, then this Colts team could really be a major player in the AFC. But it really does. It, it rests. I mean, the, this Fisher signing is great. This is this is going to be a big help for him. But you know, again, a disgruntled quarterback who lost the the confidence after signing a huge extension of the owner, a new head coach, the previous coach, and the locker room. You know, is is again, is that the best situation for my team? A guy who literally imploded in Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, I got to be concerned about that. But again, as far as Carson Wentz is concerned, kid's super talented. You know, th this team could easily go 12 and 5 or 13 and 4. It's hard to try to say all these 17 like game <laughs> things now in my head. But you know what I mean? I think this team could be outstanding if he's outstanding because they're definitely the defense is really good. They, they've definitely got the, the pieces on offense to be a really good football team. If he can play well above average, this team could very well be uh, one of the teams we're talking about late in the year. Yeah, I mean, we were talking even last year how they were getting hot at the right time. And with that defense and Phil Rivers and how well Jonathan Taylor was playing, that they could make a little bit of a run. They did not. But uh, I, it really does all come down to Carson Wentz. Can he put him in the positions to win? Uh, and that brings us to our next segment here. Who's the starter? I'm going to name off some teams with some interesting quarterback uh, scenarios. And I, I want to know who you guys think the week one starter is and if they are going to be the week 18 starter. Or if not, who will be the week 18 starter? Let's start it off with the Colts. Is Carson Wentz the guy the whole season, Joe? Um, his penchant for getting hurt tells me he will be the starter for most of the year, but he never seems to finish his season. So depending on what the record is, could be Brissett, could be Eason. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Sean? Yeah, I mean, the health is definitely the big question. So um, I, I think that he'll finish the season because, I mean, he has a better line this year. The Eagles' line is pretty good, but they were all banged up last year. So I, I think they'll hold him upright. So I, I think he'll finish, start and finish the season as a QB. But uh, the health is definitely a question with Carson Wentz, so it, it could go either way. I, be, I, I it, He's going to be the week one starter. I think he's not going to necessarily get injured because he does have a solid old line this time around. I, I think he's going to play his way out of it, though. 
I, I think you're going to end up giving the reins to a young kid, J Jacob Eason, and hope that that guy might be the kid, might be the starter, might be uh, a little uh, the, the new guy on the block and someone you can build around. But I, I, I just the way things – the way he left things in Philly, I know that there was a lot of other problems surrounding it. I, I just don't have a lot of faith in him to get it done here. Now let's move on to the next team. Staying in the AFC South, the Texans. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a mess right now. Uh, I, they got uh, David, Davis Mills in the draft. Um, they just traded for, they traded for Ryan Finley. From the Bengals, so yeah, they have a Tyrod Taylor too. Tyrod Taylor, so Joe, week one, who uh, Tyrod Taylor will start in week one, just like he did last year in Los Angeles, and this time the quarterback that will end the season will be that young fella named Davis Mills, who you just mentioned. Yeah, uh, I agree with Joe. Uh, this is this is Tyrod Taylor's uh, his go-to move is to start Week One, and then by the end of the year, the young quarterback comes in. It's it's been the case for the past like three or four teams he's been on. So I agree, he'll start the year, and then Davis Mills, who some people think that it could be uh, a steal in the second round for the Texans. I, I think that he he has he obviously has a great arm talent. So uh, I think Davis Mills will step in by the end of the season, and it will be. Texans will probably be the worst team in the NFL, so I'm sure they're going to want to get their young guy in there and get him some experience. Um, yeah, it's going to be Tyrod. Let's hope it isn't the the medical staff that ends his uh, starting career <laughs> on the Texans. But I, mean, I was just talking to somebody about that yesterday about them stabbing him to death. Like that was crazy. Yeah, they uh, inject him with something and it like collapses his lung or something. That's crazy stuff. But um, <laughs> I, I I think you do give – eventually you give it to Davis Mills. But I, I don't know if he's the guy. I, I think they're going to get the first overall pick and they're going to end up with the Spencer Radler, Sam Howell, whoever that guy is that we're talking about that time around. But, uh, yeah, this, this, this season's a wash for the Texans regardless. Well, yeah, and I think if you're the Texans, I think you try to get, once the season starts, I think you try to get this kid as sped up as possible on on being able to take over this offense. And, you know, maybe by week eight, week nine, week ten, you plug him in there. And, you know, again, it's probably not going to go well. You're probably already going to be way under 500. You know, maybe you'll be two and eight at that point. Get that kid some reps, man, and see what he's got. And and that way you can truly evaluate, do we need to spend this first on the next guy? Or could this be the guy we're going to go get him some weapons or some protection or whatever? So, you know, it, I like Tyrod Taylor a lot. But it's pretty clear this Texans team's not going anywhere fast. And I think the sooner you can get a guy like Mills in the lineup or even Finley at some point and see what he's got. If he could bring something to the table, probably not. But you know what? You've got these guys. Why not take a look? This is going to be a lost season for the Texans. And if you're going to have the number one pick, make sure you don't have the guy you can build on now on your team. And then again, you could you could funnel that number one pick into a lot of things, or you could move that pick. Uh, you know, looking at what the Giants did and adding uh, some assets for the future. So. A lot of things the Texans could do, but I would get these guys in as soon as I can to see what I got. 
Yeah, and who knows? Maybe something happens with this Deshaun Watson case and you have him back. Uh, probably not, but uh, hey, anything could happen, right? Yeah, and maybe Bill Cosby will get out of jail soon and he'll do a comedy tour. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. All right. All right. Let's move to the AFC West. Uh, the Raiders. Is Derek Carr going to get the rest of the season? I, I, I don't understand why people hate David Carr. I still Derek get it. What I say? David, David his brother. Oh, sorry. Did I just do that? He's got a I ring think- with the Giants. Well, so, and that's the, what I, and, and I was joking. And what I mean to say is, you know, I think sometimes it's hard to separate a brother from his brother. I think we saw that for a really long time in New York where, uh, as I say all the time, if he was Eli Jones and you weren't constantly trying to compare him to Eli Manning, it would be a different, a different situation. I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback for the Raiders and for what the Raiders offense is and what the Raiders are trying to do. Like the way I feel about Daniel Jones to the Giants is the way I feel about Derek Carr with the Raiders. I think he's the right guy there. Um, I think management's always been a huge problem with the Raiders, no matter what city they've been in. Um, their their drafts of historic. I mean, Sean, you don't even know this, but before you were born, they were still making horrible first round picks. Stunning. They've been doing this for like thirty five years. It's been one stupid pick after another. They've never done well building through the draft. Um, but I like Derek Carr. And, and you know, he's not he's not a top quarterback by any stretch. Again, sort of like Daniel Jones to me, where this is a guy that is right for your offense and could make it work. You gotta you gotta build around him and you gotta put the right tools in there to get the job done. Yeah, I agree with that. Derek Carr, it's so weird because he I don't necessarily think he ever really plays terrible. He has bad games, a lot of mediocrity, but then he does also have those great games where he's just hucking the ball all over the place. I mean, look at uh, Kansas City against – he played a pretty good game when they almost beat him. Uh, When the Raiders almost beat him. Oh, no, yeah. No, yes, 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 they did beat him. My bad. The second game too close, though. Yeah, so, I mean, but, Sean, when, when do you when do you move past that? When, when is the right time to realize, hey, this guy, he just isn't it? I, I mean, I think he's hit the wall at this point. I think that what, they, what you've seen from Derek Carr is what you're going to get out of him the rest of his career, and that's Derek Carr. He's just an, he's an average quarterback. Like you said, he, he's, he has really good games. He also has some really bad games, and he's, he's not a terrible quarterback, but he's also you know not a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. So, and that's just what the Raiders have been for the last couple of years is just average, right at 8-8, eight 7-9. Eight, they just keep getting the same result, and they keep pushing out the same quarterback. So, and I, I think that make Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden have a good uh, relationship with Derek Carr, so I don't think they're trying to force him out anytime soon. But if you look at that roster, they have a lot of weapons on offense. Uh, obviously, the defense is terrible, but if you, if you could plug a quarterback in there with those weapons with Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, uh, Henry Ruggs, I, I think they could have a really good offense. I just think that Derek Carr isn't bringing them over the top. But that being said, I, th- I think he will be the starter this year for the whole year. Um, but they do have Marcus Mariota behind them, but I, I see Derek Carr starting the whole year. Yeah. All right, staying in the West, the Broncos. 
do is there a point in time where we're gonna see Teddy Bridgewater? Is there a point in time? I mean, if they start with Teddy Bridgewater, is there a point in time we're gonna see Drew Locke, Joe? Um, I wrote this down: Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> That's what I think is gonna happen. I think you're going to get a bunch of games of each guy. It's going to be Drew Drew gets benched in like week four for Teddy. Teddy gets hurt. Drew takes over, and then he plays poorly, and Teddy comes up the last three games and plays well. It'll be that kind of year in Denver. Good luck, Denver. <laughs> that's... Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty <laughs> spot on. I, I I think that's what's gonna happen. I think Drew Lock will definitely start the year, but I think this is the year that they're gonna pull the plug on Drew Lock and you know find out that the first round pick uh, didn't work for him. And I, I think Ted, Teddy Bridgewater will uh, finish out the year. So uh, like I, Joe put it pretty good though. I, I think that's probably what's gonna happen in Denver. They've obviously ever since Peyton Manning, they've had questions at quarterback, and I think it will continue this year. It's shocking, dude. I mean, they brought so many quarterbacks. They've drafted so many guys. Uh, and, boy, they've struck out left, right, and sideways. By the way, wait till you ask me about the Bears. It's going to be an even funnier answer. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll get there pretty damn soon. But I, I think – I don't know. Part of me – all right. I'm, I'm going to take away my Giants fandom for a second. I think they got to make a move for Aaron Rodgers. I think Vaughn Miller's good enough. I mean, the one-year signing for Eric Jackson, uh, uh, Bradley Chubb as well. That defense is good enough to make you compete in games. So I think yeah. if you have the opportunity to go out and get a quarterback that can win you games – I, I think you got to do it. I don't care what the hell you got to give up. You have to give up everything you can to get Aaron Rodgers there. Because I think with Aaron Rodgers, this team, I don't want to say is like a, an a, I don't know if they're a contender in the AFC, but they, they're definitely a playoff team. And that's something they definitely were not last year. Yeah. So, they have uh, weapons too. I mean, with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton coming back from injury, they got Noah Fant, a tight end, and, and Melvin Gordon. So they they have the weapons. If he he's definitely in one of the situations where it could be a plug and play for Aaron Rodgers, and they they definitely be a playoff team if they went out and got him. So I think Denver probably makes the most sense for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but I mean, we'll, we'll see. So I'm gonna go week one. They start Drew Lock, and week seven, week eighteen, they got Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because that's the trade that's going to happen. Yep. Trade deadline? Okay. I yeah, like something like that. But, uh, all right, AFC North, the Steelers. Is Ben Roethlisberger going to make it through the whole season, Joe? No. No. You could always pencil Mason Rudolph in for a couple of starts. I think that'll definitely happen. And then, again, I would say – by the end of the season, depending on how things have gone in Pittsburgh, you may or may not see Dwayne Haskins for a game or two to end the season. Okay. Sean? I think, yeah, Ben definitely starts the year, and I think he does finish the year, but uh, sandwiched in between, I, th I think he definitely misses some games. He's just always he's always going to have a couple injuries throughout the year, and he's a tough guy, so he, he usually always comes back unless it's you know a really devastating injury. But I think, uh, like Joe said, you'll see some Mason Rudolph starts, uh, but he's 
he's been terrible in the starts that he's had. So you'll probably see some Dwayne Haskins starts in there too. But uh, I think Ben will uh, start and finish the year. But uh, sandwich in between, you'll get some uh, terrible backup quarterback play from the Steelers. And I, I think this is the last ride for Ben Roethlisberger. We we saw it last year. He just doesn't have the arm strength anymore. No mobility in the pocket. And I, I think he's just – he's hurting the Steelers team who could be a contender if they had a QB. So I think this is the last run for uh, Big Ben. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think he is going to – he's going to look pretty okay this season because he does I, – I, I love the Najee Harris pickup during the draft. I mean, just the, the lack of run game was so evident last year. Uh, I, I think relying more, more so more on the run than they could last year will help Ben Roethlisberger keep him a little bit more healthy. But I, I do think, yeah, we'll we'll get Mason Rudolph. We'll get Dwayne Askins. The, I mean, that's a mess. That next year they have to figure something out for quarterback. They have to do something because I mean, I, I thought they could. Could do it maybe in this draft, maybe something. But no, you you, you got to move on from Ben. And, yeah, this is going to have to be the season. But, all right, AFC East, Patriots. Joe, you, you already said it. Mac Jones, week one, week 18. I think, going? yeah, listen, I mean, I think with this shorter preseason, I do think it makes probably starting week one a little bit tougher. I think this guy, though, will probably be starting again. It, look, if Cam gets off to a 4-0 start, well, Cam will continue to start. I don't suspect that's going to be the case. I think they're going to get off to a 2-2 two and two start, and I think it'll at that point be um, – the the Mac uh, the Mac report will be on and and it'll be you know what week is Mac Jones taking over this football team and again depending on how well or poorly Cam plays is how long we're going to have to put up with that uh, because I think that's going to be the talk in New England pretty much for the entire season. All right. Yeah, um, I think Cam Newton starts the year off, but uh, I I agree. I think Mac Jones will finish the year. Uh, I. I just think that Cam Newton, uh, the accuracy is definitely a problem. Uh, I think the arm strength has definitely tailed off in the last couple of years, especially last year. You could see it in the the games, uh, the Patriots games. It was pretty evident. So I think Mac Jones, he's I think he's a good fit for the system too. So I, I think that he definitely ends off the year. But I do think Cam Newton will start uh, week one. I'm going to go Cam Newton all season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, this dude was in the MVP consideration last year. Then he got COVID, and I mean, it's a real, it's a real disease, real pandemic. So I mean, that really derailed the season for him. I, I liked a lot what the Patriots were doing at the beginning of the season with Cam Newton leading them in rushing. His mobility was big. I, I, I think Cam Newton is going to keep the Patriots in games and make them compete. So I think he's going to stay the start of the all 18 weeks. And I think when we look back at this, I think we're going to go, dang, the Patriots should have moved up to get like a Justin Fields because of the mobility, how well, how much success someone like Cam Newton is having being mobile and what Bill Belichick can do uh, or and Josh McDaniels drawing up plays to – designated QB runs because that was they had a lot of success early on in the season when Cam was healthy before COVID. So I I, I think Cam is going to – all year, all year, Cam Newton. He might get injured. He might get injured, but we'll see. 
Moving on. The Saints. Who will be replacing Drew Brees, Joe? It is going to be the Winston Hill mix and match shit show in New Orleans this year. You're going to constantly see both. Winston will will mostly be the starter, but you're going to get a lot a, a lot of doses of Hill. Um, it's I think it's going to be a year of this team experimenting. I think late in the year they'll make more of a commitment to uh, Jameis Winston uh, when they realize that. Th- the the Taysom Hill experiment, I I, I don't think it's ever going to be what they want it to be, and maybe they need a year of it not really working and not having you know the luxury of being able to fall back on Drew Brees, um, and maybe 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 that'll be the wake up call that they need that they really got to get serious here at quarterback that that these are these are two decent guys, but to replace a a, a legend like Drew Brees. Um, I don't see this going well in New Orleans at all. And I like Sean Payton a lot, but this was not this doesn't feel well thought out to me. Okay. Uh yeah, I, I think Jameis Winston's gonna start all year. I think Taysom Hill will definitely get some gadget plays in there while he'll be in a quarterback, like we saw with Drew Brees, and Jameis will come off the field. But I, I think he's gonna have the starting job all year. And I I actually think he's gonna have a pretty successful season. Um like Joe said, Sean Payton, he's he's a great offensive mind, great offensive coordinator. He knows how to uh he knows how to set up guys with success. And they have obviously Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, uh great uh weapons, and their offensive line is pretty good too. So I think Jameis Winston, I think he's gonna have a rebound year. Um, I think obviously turnovers are a problem. He's gonna have to cut down on that. But uh, I think that Jameis Winston bounced back this year, and I think he he's the starter all year for the Saints. Uh, I agree with that. I, I think James Winston is going to be the guy for the Saints. I'm going to go so far as to say he's going to be an MVP contender. Uh, I I think he's going to limit the turnovers. I think him being able to – I don't think uh, Michael Thomas is going to be the slant boy anymore because James Winston's got an arm. He, he can throw it. And that's something that they were lacking. The Saints were lacking with Drew Brees because he, he wasn't able to throw it down the field later on in the season. You could see his age getting to him. And I think adding something like that, and I think he, with this year behind Drew Brees and an offensive mind like Sean Payton, I think he can really know what he did wrong in Tampa Bay that was getting him, that was putting him in positions to throw the interception. So I think he will be a different Jameis Winston, and I think he will – put up some numbers and impress some people this year. A different Jameis Winston will be key. Hey, he yeah. got LASIK. He got LASIK. We didn't get to see the LASIK in action. The, he, he threw a he touchdown won. pass in uh in the playoff game. Yeah. Glaber Torres also got LASIK surgery, and now he's a 220 hitter. So, uh, Well, he's a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. San Francisco 49ers went out. I mean, they, they traded up in the draft to get Trey Lance. Who's starting week one, Joe? Oh, Jimmy G will start. And then Trey Lance will take over late in the season when either one of two things happens. Jimmy G either gets hurt per use or he loses three in a row. Okay. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, it's going to be Jimmy G to start off, and I think it will be the injury. I mean, it's it's happened every year. It's unfortunate because, obviously, he's had some decent years. He brought him to the Super Bowl, but the injuries have just been the thing that's been holding them back. So I think Jimmy G starts the year off, and then we get to see uh, their first-round pick, Trey Lance, uh, a little bit later in the year. I think as far as week one and week 18, they're both going to be Jimmy G. But I definitely do see Trey Lance getting in there. Uh, the only thing, the only problem I have with that is I feel like you need different offenses for both these guys. Because Jimmy yeah. G, basic pocket, passer quarterback, hand the ball off, create the play action, get the ball where it needs to be. And – Trey Lance can do a lot. Very mobile. Take he takes really good care of the football. But uh I, I I'm excited to see if Kyle Shanahan can draw something up for a guy with the athleticism as Trey Lance, but having them go in and out because Jimmy G cannot stay healthy for the life of him. So Trey Lance will end up getting some reps at some point. But Going back and forth between two QBs with contrasting styles like that, I don't think it's really going to benefit the team that much. It didn't work for the Saints either. Yeah. That, that is a good yeah. point. Yeah, especially, I mean, you were a big advocate. I mean, in, uh, Alvin Kamara was losing touches when Taysom Hill. So, yeah, I can see that happening. Joe, I mean, you talked about it earlier. The Bears. All right. Starter. Andy Dalton starts. He gets off to a rough start. Then he starts to play better, but then he gets hurt. Then Nick Foles takes over. He wins a few, but Dalton comes back. They give him the job back. He plays really well, but they bench him for field starting a week 12 anyway. Okay. <laughs> Not a lot about this. <laughs> oh, damn. All right. That's uh, I don't know if I could uh top that one, but uh, I think that Andy Dalton. <laughs> Joe's Andy got Dalton. like a bulletin board with like yarn and this guy. I do. I spent a lot of time yeah. on this today, really thinking this out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's quite the the QB fiasco you got there. But yeah, I think Andy Dalton will definitely start. Um, and I I think that he'll have a rough year. I think the Bears will have a rough year overall, which will be great for the Giants because, I mean, we get that first-round pick from them. So I think Andy Dalton will start for probably uh, five or six weeks. They're going to see that it doesn't work out, and they're going to give Justin Fields a shot. Um, So I think Justin Fields finished in Week 18. Uh, I think Nick Foles is probably the best third-string quarterback in the league but uh, because there's there's not too many out there. But I I don't think he sees the field. So uh, I think Justin Fields finishes off the year. And I I think they'll have more success with Justin Fields because Andy Dolan, I I think that he's just washed up at this point. Uh, They for sure will have more success with Justin Fields. Just his mobility with that that really bad offensive line. I do like the Tevin Jenkins uh, acquisition in the draft. He's going to be solid. But the Darryl line is pretty bad and – just the mobility that Justin Fields brings. Also, his toughness. He can take a hit like no other quarterback in the league and get up, shake it off, and go run the next play. So I, it's weird with the trade to the Giants because, I mean, if they still had that pick, I think they saw a start Andy Dalton all 18 games just to take and get a better pick. But, uh, I mean – you got to have Justin Fields come in at some point, especially trading up in the draft. 
So, yeah, I think Andy Dalton starts. Justin Fields finishes somewhere. Maybe around the bye is when he comes in, like uh, what they did with Tua and Fitzpatrick. So, we'll see. Next on the list, stay in the NFC North, the Packers. Joe, Aaron Rodgers all year? Yeah, start to finish. There he may uh, listen, maybe after the 2021 season, maybe after the Super Bowl in 2022, maybe something happens and maybe he gets to go somewhere else, but he'll be there all year. You agree with that, Sean? Uh I do not. I think it's gonna be Jordan Love all year because I I honestly think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna retire. I I think I I think it's gonna happen. he might come back oh. after next year, but I, I think that the Jeopardy is looking good in his eyes. I think he'll get a good contract from them. So I, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. And Aaron Rodgers is the the petty king. So I think that he's going to hold a grudge against the Packers. And I think that he's just going to straight up not play for them if, if he doesn't get a trade out of there. So maybe he makes a comeback at some point down the line because I, I think he's definitely got good football in him. He just won the MVP through 40-plus touchdowns. So, but I, I do think that it's going to be a shocker. It's going to be a, a Schefter bomb on Twitter. But I, I think at some point this offseason, Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. And I think Jordan Love will be the quarterback this year. Sean, how about this? He retires. He goes and he hosts Jeopardy. But then they hire Ken Jennings to be his backup. For when he needs vacation, he gets pissed. He retires from Jeopardy, and he goes plays for the Broncos in 2022. That wouldn't shock me. (laughs) I'm really thinking on a lot of these boys. A lot of scenarios playing out in my head today. Yeah. uh, Jeopardy had a couple of celebrity guests. They had Anderson Cooper. They had uh, some other guys. So maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't their their number one guy. uh, You never know. And he he doesn't even want you to have a number two. (laughs) oh that's great but uh, that him retiring never really came across my head but i I could totally see it happening i think shawnee nailed it he's a he's a petty petty person i could see him doing it yeah pull gronk retire and then once he's done with his contract and back with the packers come back out and say hey no i'm actually not retired i'm actually okay now but yeah, I do think week one we will see Aaron Rodgers. I'm, I'm going to say he gets traded somewhere down the line this season, and we do see Jordan Love. Uh, well, I mean, I, I I I picked the Broncos to trade. So he's going to get traded to the Broncos, and we do see Jordan Love week 18 leading this Packers offense. But uh, all right, round it off with the NFC East. Washington, who's starting there, Joe? Uh, Fitzpatrick to start Heineke towards the end, but then Fitz comes in late to try to save some games and save their season. And he fails. That's yeah, that's actually exactly how I have it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, Fitzpatrick everywhere he goes, he's, he's similar to Tyrod Taylor, but he usually comes back at the end of the season, which Tyrod doesn't. But I I think, yeah, they start off with Fitz magic. They get it. He's, he starts off hot. And then uh, a couple games in, he starts throwing some interceptions. They bench him for Heineke. Uh, Heineke doesn't bring back that magic he did in the playoff game against the Bucks. So they say we got to go back to Fitz magic. And uh, he'll have uh, he's hot and cold, so he'll have a couple good games, keep them in playoff contention. But uh, he'll he'll finish off the year. But you'll get Heineke uh, in between. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree with that. I think that's going to happen. Well, you know what I'm really actually scared about? Ryan Fitzpatrick pulling out some Fitz magic against the Giants. 
Because, I mean, that that's like a guaranteed – that's been a guaranteed win for the Giants. But Fitzpatrick is just that – that son of a bitch. He's just pissy off. He, he can do stuff you don't think anyone can do. And, I mean, he just does that the weirdest possible times. And the Giants is the perfect spot. I can see that happening, and I'm already getting super pissed off about it. But, okay. Now the Eagles. Is – Jalen Hurts, the guy, all season long for him, Joe. I think Jalen Hurts has a breakout season, and I say he ends up being the best of the three Alabama quarterbacks this season. This season, at least. Uh, Your boy, Mac Jones. That's Um, deep, right? That's deep. I was I was not expecting that out of you, but yeah, I, I think that Jalen Hurts will start the the full year, and I, I think he'll have a pretty successful season. Um, obviously they they get back Brandon Brooks on their O line, Jason Kelsey, who were they were banged up at the end of last year, and, and Lane Johnson. So I think the protection will be better. Uh, he has Devontae Smith to throw through, who I think uh, was probably the best uh, receiver in the draft. He's he's dynamic receiver, so he'll have more options uh, to throw to, uh, like unlike he did last year where the receivers are pretty bad. And uh, Joe Flacco's the the backup, and I Joe Flacco. I don't know why he's in the league anymore. So I think that Jalen Hurts gives you the best option. So I, I think we'll start uh, weeks one through eighteen. Yeah, I, I do think. No, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to be there all year. Uh, his mobility with, I mean, we saw the problems with that offensive line. I, I think he's the best chance the Eagles have to win some games. Um, and I hate saying it, but yeah, they probably will win some games with him. And I think he will do all right. I'm not mad at that take, Joe. I, I think he might. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. I, I hate the Eagles so much that it, it it feels like that's exactly what's going to happen for them, that he breaks out and he becomes their guy. And he'll have Devontae Smith. Ah! Yeah. yeah, they definitely have the the lowest expectations too out of the NFC East, and I I feel like every year that happens, they that team ends up having a good year. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and then uh, well, well I mean, Tua, I mean, they they did get a lot of wide receivers for him, so that might be. I'm gonna see him being the better Alabama, but but that's a whole different conversation. Ended off with the Giants. Is it gonna be Danny Dimes all season? Or, I mean, I it, it's going to be Danny. Listen, Dimes. I don't care what you say, Joe. Your boy Mike Lennon ain't coming in. Why can't Mike <laughs> Lennon come in and be a hero in New York? He can come in to hold the, the, the field goal. He can be the holder. <laughs> That's all he's going to do this season. This is going to be Daniel Jones' breakout season. Daniel Jones, I think, is going to shut everybody's mouth this year. Um, and it's really going to help him to have Mike Lennon on the sideline telling him what's going on and what to do. I'm just playing. Everybody knows I have a soft spot for Mike Lennon. Lay off. I do think, though, DJ's got the weapons. I do think that this offense, look, they, they feel really confident in this offensive line and pro football and whatever. Anybody who, who tell me all you want about their grades. Joe Judge believes in these guys, and these guys believe in Joe Judge. I think that this Giants offense is going to be dynamic. I think it's going to be the best Giants offense that we've ever seen, period. And it's going to happen with Daniel Jones under center. Sean, there's way too many weapons on this team. uh, To me, Daniel Jones, if Daniel Jones sucked, 
then I would say, I don't care what you're throwing in there. It's not going to help. He's a really good quarterback. He's got a lot of talent, okay? He's got the weapons around him. If they can keep him, they can block for him. I, I, I'm telling you, I think you're going to see a superstar in the making. Yeah, um, I agree. I do think it, it is going to be a breakout year for him. Like you said, he's got all the traits. Um, we've seen glimpses of him being a great quarterback at times, but uh, I think that you know the weapons have definitely held him back. So uh, Saquon coming back, obviously all the weapons that got in the offseason. I think Danny Dimes is our guy. He's going to be there week one through 18. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is a breakout year for him, and I, I think he's going to have uh, a huge year. So I think that Danny Dimes is our guy, and he's going to uh, start the whole year. Yeah, I mean, Danny Dimes, this is the season. Uh, I'm excited. I'm ready. I mean, even just last year, seeing how his throughout the season, his uh, turnover numbers slowly went down, that gives me so much confidence coming into this season. And then with the O-line, that's the only question. But I think with the Danny Dimes' mobility, is seemingly fixing the turnover problem throughout the season last year and all the weapons, I think Giants are going to succeed. Danny Dimes is going to succeed, and he's going to be the guy for the future. And I've been saying he's the guy, and you got to get used to it. And this is where the Giants fans need to – they're going to realize. This is going to be the season. They realize that Danny Dimes is the future of the Giants. But now let's, let's talk – about the Giants of the past. We did an all-time Giants Mount Rushmore. But who are the four faces on the Giants offensive Mount Rushmore, Joe? All right. Uh, the first two names, you probably won't even know them, and that's fine. Number one is Rosie Brown. Uh, made nine Pro Bowls for the Giants. 56th best player, according to the Sporting News Top 100 list. He was a key piece of the 1956 championship team, and he actually stayed on with the Giants and, and scouted and coached for, for many, many years. He played uh, in the Frank Gifford YA Tittle days. Uh, number two on my list is Mel Hine. He is the only uh, offensive lineman ever to win the MVP award. He played 15 seasons for the Giants. He never missed a single game. The other two guys on my list are guys that you probably heard of, number one being Bart Oates. Uh, I think in my lifetime, he was the best offensive lineman that the Giants had, and I'm going to top that list. It was tight. It came down to Snee O'Hara, and I picked Jumbo Elliott mostly because of the nickname. You just went all offensive linemen. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, oh, my God. Time out. Wait a minute. minute. Yeah, it's did I misread this? Yes, you did. Did I, I misread this to be offensive lineman? I don't know why I came up with that. <laughs> I was going to oh, say no. No, no Eli Manning. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, dude! I read. I read. I read this to be offensive lineman. I was like, "Oh, interesting." This seemed like a Jace kind of question. You're just saying the top four offensive giants of all time. Yes. Huh. All right. Well, none of these guys would be on that list. <laughs> oh. I was yeah. All right, Sean, the, you go, Joe. Hine. You can figure it out yourself. I mean, it's gonna have to be so it's like Sims, it's Manning, it's Tiki Barber, and Rodney Hampton. Okay. All right, yeah. Just, you uh just off the top of my head, I guess that's what I would do, Sean. 
Yeah, uh, you pretty much named my list, except for I didn't have Rodney Hampton, but uh, Eli is, is obvious, best quarterback in Giants history, the two Super Bowls. Uh, I, I've talked about him enough on this show. He's my favorite player of all time, so Eli is easy, number one. Uh, I, I put Phil Simms in there, uh, two Super Bowls, obviously. Uh, Jeff Hotseller came in for the second one, but he he led the team that year, and they had the dominant defense, but he was a great game manager. He went above and beyond, and especially in the, the Broncos Super Bowl, I think that's still the highest completion percentage for – uh, any uh, Super Bowl game. So I think Phil Simms deserves to be on there. Tiki Barber, I have on there. Uh, as much as, you know, he, he gets hate because of how it ended in New York. And uh, obviously he had some bad things to say about the team after he left. And he never won a ring with us. I think that if you still look back at his numbers, he was absolutely dominant. Um, he finished his last three seasons in the league. He had over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Uh, and then, you know, he had almost close to five yards per carry every year getting 10 plus touchdowns every year. He was uh, all pro in um, 2005 and he made three pro bowls. So I think Tiki Barber is the best running back that the giants have ever had. Uh, unfortunately he, the way it ended wasn't great and he never got a ring with us, but I, I still think he deserves to be on the list. And at number four, I have someone that Joe mentioned before is, is Frank Gifford. Uh, he, obviously it's an, it's an old timer, but I, I think he deserves to be on here because of his versatility uh, not just running the ball, but receiving and some doing some passing in his time. Uh, he won MVP in um, what year is it? 1956, way back when. And he made eight Pro Bowls, six-time uh, All-Pro, and they won the NFL champion in 1956 before the Super Bowls were a thing. So I think his versatility, it, he was uh, way before his time, I think, back in the 50s. You don't see a lot of guys like that. So I think he deserves to be on this list. Uh, I, I had no offensive lineman. I'm, I'm sorry, Jace, but uh, – I had to go with those four. Uh, you know, it's funny. Joe did that, and he stole my thunder. Mine was going to be Eli Manning, Chris Snee, David Deal, and Kareem McKenzie. Three oh. of those only be, being the offensive linemen who were both on the 2017 and 2011 Super Bowl. So I, that's what I had. I guess a real one, I'd go Sims, Manning, I'm gonna go Jacobs over uh, over Tiki Barber just because of the way he left, and and J Jacob still was great. And then I'm still gonna put Chris Knee on there. I love Chris. Nee. I mean, I might want to throw Amani Toomer. You know, I yeah. think he is the all-time leading receiver. I mean, again, I threw Barber in there being the all-time leading rusher, and I think Sims and Manning uh, being the two best quarterback. Well, at least. Again, you could make the argument for YA Tittle and, and Frank Gifford, certainly, but you know, in our in our lifetime, Sims and, and and Manning, Barber and Toomer, I mean, I think those were the most the four most productive skill guys that we've had. So yeah. no, no, David Deal doesn't go on any of these lists. Stop that. <laughs> I mean David uh, Deal didn't even make my list of the top four offensive linemen. He wasn't even in my six. Yeah, but I mean that's those three were the part were the core of the two Super Bowls. You know they won other line. Super Bowls though, right? Yeah, but I, I didn't see those live. And I didn't look up to I, I didn't get out I, I grew up playing O line and I'm watching my favorite team with these three awesome O linemen. I mean I just I just line. told you six better offensive linemen in Giants history. David Deal was was maybe an honorable mention on my list. He might have been seventh or eighth. Yeah, I mean No, you don't feel good about that. Stop. No, I do. For you me, don't. for me. 
Growing up, I'm playing O-line. This is my favorite team. These are the guys I'm watching. These are the guys I'm trying to emulate while I'm playing as a kid. Yeah, for me, they, they go on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that, That's why I have a real one, and I gave you mine with those three names, those three linemen. Yeah, I, I don't hate that just because that's the only time that in my lifetime I've actually seen a good offensive line. Ever since those guys left, they've been the offensive line has been terrible. So there's no one of note. So yeah, David Deal, Christine, Sean O'Hara, uh, all the great Giants players. used to have good offensive linemen back in the old days because they were a run heavy team and they always had good offensive linemen. Yeah, the, whatever's going on the last eight nine years since all these boys left, Snee and O'Hara and the gang. It's a shame. But believe me, just like we used to, you don't know this, but we used to have great linebackers. Lots of them. Mm-hmm. Four or five deep sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Long, long time since that happened. Yeah. Crunch, crunch. But I'm not a boomer, so I don't know about that stuff. I'm not a boomer, you little bastard <laughs> punk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for John about the G-Men. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Joe and Sean, for joining me. Um, we will see you next week for more John about the G-Men. Take care, everyone. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which... Hi, my name is Zach LaPlante. Have you ever imagined about starting your own podcast or radio show to voice your opinion to share your passions with others? You think to yourself, how would I even start something like that? I don't have any equipment or any experience whatsoever. Well, look no further. The folks at Clovercrest Media got you covered. Clovercrest Media Group is home to over 30 individual podcasts. Like Divide We Stand, I'll Piss You Off Shortly, Speaking It Real, and so much more. At Clovercrest, our sound engineers only believe in the best sounding audio quality, and their expertise will make your podcast sound professional and pleasing to your viewers. As a media group, we are obliged to every type of media available, including, but not limited to, video, audio, photography, and digital media marketing, as well as live streaming, and so much more. As we say here at CMG, the harder we work, the luckier we'll get. To jumpstart your podcast or program, go to clovercrestmedia.com and get to recording today.